Hi folks, um, it's Nori from Corvus Corax and you are listening to House of Noise. Welcome to House, House of, of Noise. Noise. <laughs> Welcome to House of Noise. Welcome to House of Noise. And um, today we had a very interesting interview with Nori Drescher from Corvus Corax. They are a German Nordic Celtic metal band, medieval band. Very interesting and dynamic and just the talent there is incredible. They have a couple signal singles, uh, Ragnarok and Yggdrasil. Uh, my German is not the best. It, wasn't it like Yggdrasil? Something like that. I don't know. I don't, I, we're Americans. Our, I'm massacring the German. Um, very, he's a percussionist. He actually is friends with the guitarist from Creator. Which and I love you Creator. Did not know. You did not know I, that. Yeah, I did not know that. And I love Creator. And they're on my bucket list to interview. They're also a German band. But um, yeah, these guys have played at Wacken. They yeah, played he even, Castle he Rock. Even drummed for. Uh, yeah, Creator. he did. He did for a short period of time. Um, he's from the Berlin area. And just he's a teacher right now because he's teaching his son because of the pandemic. He's doing the same thing that our kids are doing here in America. Um, the virtual learning. And so he's a teacher, but um, he's just very, very interesting. Um, just learned a lot of the Celtic mythology and the stories and kind of, you know, their background and the fact that he's been in the music industry for so long, so where Celtic, he started. Is it Celtic or Nordic? Uh, well, Celtic slash Nordic. It's kind of okay. Norse kind of the, Celtic. It's the same. It's like the Germanic, we'll say similar, you know, Vic the, the Vikings, the yes. when you're talking about Odin and, well, you, you know, you can't that say kind the same. It's, you can, you can it's, say similar. But. It's similar, but, you know, they're culturally <laughs> similar as far right. as the mythology and the Norse mythology with Odin and, and that kind of stuff. I know. Um, I know what the problem was with your mic, by the way. Yeah, I had it off. Oh yeah! Well, crap! That's, as soon as I turned it on and you started talking, you go. I saw him <laughs> pull back like, "Whoa!" Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so yeah. So in the beginning, he has a very hard time understanding Jenna because I didn't have her mic on on the board. Like I, her mic was on in front of her. Yeah, but it, I, I forgot to turn it on the board. So I forgot because I got my new mic. And I thought, well, if I plug it in here, I can turn it on and off that way. So, I oh. don't, you know, whatever. Okay. So I had it off. <laughs> he had long me turned off. He really doesn't want me. He didn't want me to participate in this interview, listen, apparently. Long story short, I screwed up. Okay. 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 Well, we don't, we could, we don't have to let our listeners know. Well, I already know. said it, so. Oh, well, crap. Cat's out of the bag, damn it. Whatever. But anyway, I'm going to let you guys learn a little bit about... Uh, our our Norris and our mythology and all that stuff. And um, this is a very dynamic interview, so I think you'll have a good time. Enjoy. Good morning, Lori. Good 
morning. Good morning. I should say good afternoon where you're at. Yeah, how are you doing over there? Doing great. Doing great drinking our coffee. And uh, Yeah, I don't know why, but you are not very loud. Um, I, I can, uh, I'll turn it off. Is that a little, a little better? Yeah, that's better. Okay. okay. So how is, uh, how is everything over in uh, Germany? Yeah, so far so good. Of course, for musicians, it's not so much fun because uh, we can't play anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think our country managed this kind of well, all this um, COVID madness. Yeah, it's crazy uh, everywhere. I mean, there, nobody can play around here either. Uh, it's crazy that uh, even a big uh, festival like Vakken that hasn't, you know, hasn't uh, missed a year in what 15, 20 years, something like that, and they had to close this year too. Yeah, that's that's really crazy. So we this was really a, a it, um, it should have been a really nice year for us. We had a lot of festivals. Um, but um, they are all cancelled, of course, like uh, Wacken and Castlefest and all that stuff. Um, yeah, the problem is uh, all these festivals told us that we will play there, uh, of course, next year. But then we don't have time to play on other festivals. It's kind of crazy. Right. <laughs> well, plenty of time to create new music, right? Um, yeah. You know what? Kind of. Because um, I have two kids. And now um, I am the teacher at home. <laughs> it's fun, um, but uh, now I have less less time than before. How old are your children? Yeah, the the big one is um, seven years old. So um, teaching is not so not very difficult for me, but um, it's half of the day, you know. Sure, sure. And yeah, but we are still working on our new CD, Era Metallum, and yeah. It, it is a progress. <laughs> You're, um, the music you guys do is very majestic. And have you ever thought about commercializing it for television shows or a major motion pictures at all? Oh, you are really difficult to understand. Um, okay, if we uh, ever try to um, um, commercialize our music. Um, yeah, you know what? You know this. Um, you know this um, Game of Thrones, mm. <laughs> of course. Of course. Um, for the um, uh, for the first movie of Game of Thrones, we were part of this, um, um, but uh, then they cut us out because they changed um, one of the um, main um, actors. We were very close to be totally famous. Yeah, and sometimes um, we got requests for um, uh, making uh, film scores, but not really for an entire movie. It's only they like our sound, a lot of people. And then they're asking us maybe that we can um, add one song or something like this. But um, yeah, for all this fantasy and medieval and ancient whatever movies, uh, it would be perfect to take our music. We are still waiting. What about video games? Yeah, video games. Even that, we we had some cooperation. There um, was this um, this one game. Um, what was the name? Gothic Three. Um, there we were involved in in the in entire soundtrack and Dragon Age. Maybe you know this. So we um, we already did this, but you know the problem is um, they. 
then we have here a company called GEMA. They are um, taking money for the musicians from companies when they're using the music from musicians. Um, and of course, all these companies uh, who are working uh, for um, computer games, for example, um, they don't want to have musicians who are in this GEMA construct. And um, so it's very difficult because they don't want to pay um, the musicians um, as they should have been paid, you oh, know? Oh, okay. Um, so for the type of music that you guys do, what what's the inspiration? Is it on a personal level? Is it a cultural level? Because it's very distinct. It has a very distinct sound. Yeah, that's difficult to explain. Um, you know, uh, when we started our music, um, it was street music. Um, this is 30 years ago. That um, this Corvus uh, Corax um, era started, and yeah, it was music played on the street, like the medieval minstrels, and um, we learned a lot uh, about this. What the people, yeah, what is the, the magic of the music? You know, um, it is it is drone music. This is uh, maybe the difference to all the modern music you you know, because. Um, as a drone music means that you have all the time one note uh, playing like an A or a C and um, you can't work with the usual um, um, idea of a chord or something, you know, because um, you can play one chord, maybe a second one, but then you will find uh, that you can't switch because there is still this one note, this drone note, and then it's not, uh, not compatible anymore. But... Um, Otherwise, this makes the music sounds um, old, you know. There's a lot of traditional music all over the world working with the same idea. Yeah, and in fact, it's like uh, digging bones from old dinosaurs and try to find out how they lived. And this is with our music the same. You don't find really um, um, perfect description for this kind of music because they had no idea about um writing down a score or something like this so you only have um a, a few a few information of the music a hundred years ago and we try to find everything what is possible and then um, compare it to still existing old traditional music and uh, yeah, the idea is to recreate this old thing so do you guys take a lot of inspiration from the I'm trying to see, I'm trying to read his name. It's Walter von der Vogelweide. Ah, Walter von der Vogelweide. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it, I know that he, he likes to he liked to play the old way, as he quote unquote uh, said it. Yeah, so Walter von der, von der Vogelweide actually is an uh, old minstrel, and um, it's like um, Francois Villon, and so this is really old stuff. And of course, they were in, in these times. Kind of famous, yeah. so even uh, in in medieval times they were they were pop stars, kind <laughs> of, uh, really. So a lot of people know uh, these guys, and um, of course you will find, um, um, especially about Walter uh, van der Vogelweide and some other guys, you will find of course a lot of um, information more than to some other um, minstrels. But he was he was definitely picking and collecting from other people as well, like in the modern times, um, because what? you can find uh, 
written uh, some kind of written notes only from other places um, um, they see ah Walter from the Vogelweider um, um, picked this and uh, then he played it in his way he is not an inspiration for us but um, definitely uh, somewhere to, a good research point yes yes a good research point otherwise you have of course you have um, especially the monks um, collected a lot of information and you will find now in all churches, and so you find uh, books like the Kamina Burana. This is probably the most famous in the world. So the Kamina Burana is really a big book um, and full of um, lyrics. So um, there is not the music. Most of the time there's no music in it, but um, the lyric, you have uh, maybe 1,000 lyrics in there. And uh, we're using this as an inspiration because, um, yeah, there's so much stuff in it. We will, <laughs> we will never end up uh, using this. Did you say that was the the Carmina Burana? Yes, the Carmina that Burana. Was, that was the one people... that you guys did the opera on, right? Yeah. So first, I maybe I have to explain. A lot of people think that Carmina Burana is an invention from um, Karl Orff, mm -hmm. but uh, in fact, Karl Orff used the same book because okay. the name of the book is the Carmina Burana. He took some, uh, a few of the songs and made his um, kind of orchestral opera thing. Um, we did later the same. So we have this Cantus Buranus. Um, that means the same like Carmina Burana in Latin. And um, yeah, we have two, two <clears throat> albums with orchestral music. So Cantus Buranus 1 and 2. You definitely should listen to this. This is really <laughs> big stuff. Well, and um, I was curious, what was the why? What was the decision behind uh, re-releasing it or redoing it for a second time? Yeah, you know, we are we thought um, we are a medieval band. Yeah, so not we not from medieval times, but we really playing medieval music, and we tried to do it as um, real as possible. And Karl Orff was a, a classic guy. He was a classic guy who was interested in the Camina Burana because he was living to the um, to this place where they found the Camino Burana very close. So he knew about this and then he was taking some of these uh, songs and we thought, okay, nice idea, but we want to do it really with our medieval music background and want, wanted to do it different. That's, uh, there is um, more, um, that's a medieval music is taking more part in this. So we, we said, okay, Karloff did the classic idea. Um, we did the medieval idea with an orchestra. So we, we didn't take the same uh, songs like Karl Orff. We used totally different lyrics. Mm -hmm. um, so there's no crossing. But um, yeah, we thought it's time for a new classic version. Okay. I have a question about your new track um, off Corvus Corax Era Metallum. Yeah. Um, the Yags Drill. Did I pronounce that? Probably not. I probably just massacred the name. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, um, this is um, from the um, old um, Viking um, mythology. Mythology, yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is a tree, tree of life. And the name is real pronounced as Yggdrasil. Mm. Yggdrasil. Okay. Right, yes. So yeah. how, how did you get involved with Sammy from Creator? Because I absolutely love Creator. They're one of my favorite bands. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so um, 
maybe I can um, get a little bit back in the in the history. Um, usually, we're playing medieval music, uh, but all maybe seven years. Um, uh, we, we have to do something special besides. The chorus chorus is always running, but besides, we make sometimes the orchestra sing, and now we're doing this um, heavy metal thing. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I was playing uh, before I entered um, Corvus Corax uh, 20 years ago. I was playing in a metal band um, named uh, Depressive Age. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I have my, my metal background. And from these times, I know a lot of people. And Sami is a really good old friend of mine. Oh, okay. He was living in Berlin, and yeah, we were we hang out together in the bars and uh, had a lot of fun in the past. And when we got the idea, now we want to play our chorus chorus songs um, in a metal version. Uh, of course, I immediately uh, was thinking about um, um, Sami, and we were not sure because usually he's very busy with creator. But we asked him, and ding dong, he said yes. He has, he has time, and he really loves the idea. He was listening to our songs and said, that's so great to do this in a metal version. Yeah, and a fun a fun side information maybe is uh, I was um, for a while, I never played live, but I was for a while the drummer of Creator as well. Oh, <laughs> because nice. Because Miller, I know very good as well, and a long time ago they were looking for a new drummer, and um, so I played. They said very good. You are no part of the band, but they are living really far away from Berlin, mm. my hometown, and so they decided um, just still looking for another drummer who's more close to their home base. And yeah, then I was only for a few months um, the drummer in spee <laughs> <laughs> yeah they are on our they're on my bucket list to interview because i absolutely love their sound so one day yeah. maybe <laughs> what got you into metal music then like what what really drew you to you know that sound what's a special thing about our metal ideas it didn't get the, the, the question real when you were younger what drew you to what 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 made you get into uh metal music you said you started ah. in metal music, so... Oh, I, uh, this is um, very easy to say, um, because I had a friend when I went to school, and he was a total metalhead. Okay. <laughs> and he was always trying to convince me that this is really the best music ever. But uh, I was only listening to a really weird industrial and electronic music, because I didn't like anything what people like. Maybe when two people like something, I was against it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was young. and um, But you always tried, you really tried hard to convince me. And then there was this day, it was in 1984, there was um, a compilation from Noise Record, a German label, and uh, the compilation uh, was named um, Death Metal. Oh, all right. There was no death metal, there was no death metal existing in these times, not really, then, uh, but uh, he thought this is a, a very nice name for this compilation. There was one band on it. I was directly infected, and this name, the name of the band was Hellhammer. Oh. All right. Yeah, you know Hellhammer? Yeah. It's later than there, there were Celtic Frost, and um, yeah, and this was such a weird mix of for me, a weird mix of metal and punk. It was this raw energy of punk music, but um, the kind of playing like metal, I was totally impressed. 
and thought, all right. And my friend couldn't couldn't believe because he thought, this is really the most horrible music I ever played to you. <laughs> and I said, you see, you this is my music. And yeah, and then the same year, um, Slayer um, came up with uh, Show No Mercy, and uh, I finally um, was uh, a metalhead. So when did you decide to start playing instruments? Yeah, this is um, yeah, this is in kind of an evolution. There was never really a decision. I only can remember. So my parents told me um, that even when I was a little kid, I was always drumming on everything. Okay. It was really eating their nerves, <laughs> but um, <laughs> <laughs> so and yeah and um, yeah we had really no money, so there was uh, really there was no chance to buy me a drum drum set, but. Um, yeah, there were all these boxes and cans and uh, and um, cups I could and lids I was playing on it. And then I think I was really old, kind of only seventeen or so. I I collect enough money from here and there, working and so. And then I had enough money to buy my first really weird, crappy um, used uh, drum. And then I was then I was a drummer. And yes, and then I was. My idea was all the time being be, be becoming a scientist because I was studying paleontology. Okay. Paleontology. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I was really, really in this evolution science and so, and um, yeah, and I was close to finish. But um, the music became more and more important, and yeah, with depressive age, uh, more successful. So we were touring a lot with with Sodom and Corona. Fun name these days. Um, <laughs> Nuclear Assault, um, Motorhead, all these bands, and Entombed. We were playing with Entombed, such a great band. And um, yeah, and then I had to make a decision um, studying or being a musician. And um, so I decided uh, I prefer being a musician. So, and I never, I never was thinking that this was a bad idea. So, growing up in Germany, what uh, what side of Germany, with the wall were you on, the east or the west? Yeah, um, I was a special. I was in this, um, we calling it here, the golden cage. Okay. Because I'm from the west part of Berlin, and um, I was not um, west or east of the uh, wall. I was surrounded by the wall. All right. Oh. Yeah, so um, it doesn't matter in which direction I was walking. I knew that the world is ending with a wall. Wow. This was really weird. But I was yeah, I was growing in in this situation and it was kind of normal, you know. Yeah. This is crazy that humans can really adapt to anything. Uh, and for me, it was normal when the wall came down. Finally, I really uh, realized um, what a real situation it was because then I just could go on my bike or my car and go out in the green that was not possible before. I have a German friend at work and he said that it was very hard if you lived on one side or the other to pass through, you know, through the wall. Uh, basically, you had to get permission from the one and then when you came back, you had to get permission from the other side to travel to back to where your home is, he said it was a huge yes. pain in the butt, and it was you know the stupidest thing that they ever did. It was totally horrible. It was so extremely stupid. Yeah, but uh, 
So is history is uh, stupid very often. <laughs> <laughs> I know you create the costumes. Do you also create the art for the album and and whatnot? Yeah. Um, most of the time, we um, so the art, the costumes we um, handcrafting mostly ourselves. Um, but now the new stuff is a good friend of us who is uh, creating it. But um, it is uh, not so that we're looking for someone and tell him, you know, we need something new, maybe uh, costumes or we need a cover for the new album. We are really, they are all good friends, so it's kind of a family thing. And um, we are talking a lot. What are our ideas? And yeah, and finally, then um, they're creating what. Uh, what we want, kind of. And so for the album cover, the artwork, this is a really good friend of mine as well, like Sami from the, from these old times. Um, this is Andreas Marshall. And he is really famous for, he is maybe the most famous um, heavy metal artwork guy ever. He is doing all this stuff. He's, I think most of the um, creator artworks are from him, for example. Oh, okay. and. And he is, he is based in Berlin as well, so this is our Berlin metal crew here. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> yes. I do I do love creators' artistic work on all their albums, so he's, and, and especially yours too, he's definitely very talented. Definitely, yes. He's an amazing guy. So is it part of the costume that you guys uh, work out a lot and keep your bodies in shape? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, some some of us, um, um, uh, you know, the the costumes are uh, made in a way that is compatible. Um, the one is um, showing a lot of uh, skin because he can show. <laughs> right. and other guys are more uh, covering the body. <laughs> 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 yeah. So for me, for example, um, uh, my costume will uh, be. Uh, a lot of a lot of skin you can see then mm. i'm the drummer you know i don't right. like to wear so much stuff because it's so i sweat and yeah. um i don't like this feeling i have all this stuff on my body is better i would prefer to play naked but maybe <laughs> um <laughs> don't know what the people think about yes you know you guys have had uh, many members throughout the years when you're bringing in new members is it important for them to have uh, a, a classical classically trained background or even um you know a, a background in some sort of uh the noric sound yeah like no i guess what do you look for when you're looking for a new member that's it um, yeah you know what um i'm always horrified that um another guy will tell us you know what i don't like this traveling anymore and i don't want to be a musician on stage because then we have always um, the problem that you have to find a new member and um, we have a lot of changes in the lineup in the past um, and it looks a little bit like that's totally easy but I can tell you it's, it's horrible because um, um, when we need a new musician um, we can't go and make announcement yeah now we um, we need this classical um, based uh, medieval musician who is but in his brain he is a punk rocker <laughs> this is not possible so we always just maybe it's uh, like um, schicksal what is this in English schicksal um, 
it's kind of luck. We, we, the people have to be compatible. So sure, first, sure. I, the first thing is um, the heart has to be on the on the right place, okay. you know, and um, the character has to be a good one. And um, this is not a stressy person that he is because we are kind of a family. And um, yes, he is then a new member of the family. So this is, I think, the most important thing. Of course, you have to be a good musician. But um, a good musician with uh, a bad attitude um, is not bringing us anything. So if I had a choice, uh, there is a very excellent musician, but uh, he is not really the best uh, character. And there is this other guy who is so nice, but he is not maybe not the real the best musician. Right. I would take the, uh, the with a good heart. That's fair. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's better than, yeah, like you said, you can't have the bad attitude. It just doesn't work. It doesn't meld with the rest of the group right it'll just cause yes, problems yes. um when you guys you keep everything for corvus completely separate from like if you have new ideas you you do that completely separate from corvus correct yeah that's <clears throat> that's the reason that we are, have all the time although all maybe seven years uh, a new project so we uh, we had in the past we had an industrial rock project we had um, a balkan beat music project and uh, now we have we have a project uh, where we're playing more the 20s, the music from the 20s in Berlin. We'll be creating all the time new projects that um, Corvus Corax is um, kind of keeping the line. You know, we want to distract, don't want to distract our own main project with other ideas. Corvus Corax is Corvus Corax. And um, yes, and besides, we don't close the eyes and the ears, but uh, when we have um, too much different energy and ideas in us, then we know, okay, time for a new project. Have you ever lost members due to that? Um, no, no, no. This is, um, if uh, one of us is telling, uh, saying, uh, so I really don't like the ideas, so then we don't do it. Um, we really have to uh, create it together and... Yes, of course, uh, we had splits in the past. So this industrial rock project, um, there was then a, a, a huge split years ago. But this was not because of the music. This was because of the uh, the main guy who left then, Corvus Chorus, because um, his attitude, uh, his uh, kind of behavior was really um, not compatible anymore mm -hmm. to us. And yeah, so we said, told him, you know what? Take you this project with everything and just leave us. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes um, it's uh, better to let someone go true, and give him true. something in his back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as the uh, video for Yag's Drill, how long did it take you guys to do do that? The video is very dynamic and it's almost um, trippy. <laughs> I don't know. If yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so first um, we had to um, create this um, um, video um, ourselves because of these um, corona rules mm. here in Germany. So before we had for, uh, for our first single was Ragnarök and um, therefore we had um, a good friend, of course, from old time, from my, mm. my metal times. <laughs> um, Ronald Mattes, he was doing a lot of um, video shootings live, but um, um, studio stuff as well. And he was creating our first video, but um, this is really with 
a lot of um, people uh, uh, crowdy, you know, mm. and this was not possible. So, but you want to have um, for our Yggdrasi single um, a video as well. And so we decided, okay, when we can't work with someone together, then we have to do it ourselves. Right. And we did it with, um, yeah, this is um, possibilities we had. And yeah, and the trippy thing the, the story of Yggdrasil is trippy because um, this is an, an old lyric. It's a real old lyric from the Vikings. And um, it is a story about Odin who sacrificed, it's a little bit weird, he sacrificed himself to himself. Oh. <laughs> he is a god. He can do this. <laughs> and um, and um, it is about taking a lot of uh, weird natural drugs and he was hanging in the tree for nine nights and um, yeah. was uh, dying there and resurrect and all this because he wanted to have to gut the wisdom of Yggdrasil because Yggdrasil is this tree uh, in the old mythology um, is connecting all the spheres, all the worlds um, the Viking people um, believed in, nice. you know, like... Uh, the earth and the place where the gods are living, the place where um, weird other life forms living, yeah, like nine, Midgard and the, all this. The nine and, realms. Yeah, and um, later, later then, um, this was a part of um, of the culture of the Viking people, and they always had in their tribe um, they had a special tree, and they called this this tree Yggdrasil as well. And it was the holy tree then for the community. And if this is really true, you will never know. But there's a story that um, people with a free will to do it um, sacrificed themselves. And the people were hanging in the tree. And they got a lot, of, a lot of drugs before. And when they are totally out of everything um, and kind of dying, um, what the people told, they are hanging in the tree to the communities standing down. Um, this, this, these were the words of the god Odin. That was the idea. Wow. And of course, this is totally trippy because it's all about really weird uh, drug experiences uh, by hanging in the tree. <laughs> how, much, yes. how much of the myths and stuff have you come across that you, you kind of question like that? Is, is this real? Did this really happen? Is there a lot of that in in the mythology? Yeah, you know. So the, um, the problem is that, um, of course, you have these rune letters, and the Vikings are able to write down something, but um, they didn't. Mm -hmm. uh, um, everything you can find um, about the Viking people in written words um, was written down when they were already Christ Christianized. You know, oh. they were already Christians, and then they wrote down what was the mythology before. Right. And, you know, when people come and write something about something what is old or maybe totally uh, unknown, um, maybe you have an agenda behind to describe an, a tribe or a folk extra horrible, like the Romans do this, when the Romans, uh, like Caesar and so, uh, the, the ancient Romans, when they're... Uh, wrote things about the barbaric barbaric people in the north right um this is not the real thing like the people lived there because they had the idea to describe the barbaric the barbaric germanic people mm. one side as 
extremely hard to fight, but other other side um, totally uncivilized. Well, which, you know, yeah, and so it's always difficult um, to find out if if you find something is this uh, really this what the people believe then or yeah you find. A lot of elements in the um, written down mythology of the Viking people, where there are definitely elements from the Christian idea in it. And I think uh, they're mixed a little bit to this to make it more compatible. Yeah, there's a, I could see what you're saying there. I mean, here in America, we uh, we had the Native Americans and they referred to them as barbaric even. So, and it's just, yeah, because, sure. you know, it all depends on the point of view of who was writing it. So, yeah, definitely. A lot of misconstrued uh, ideals and beliefs and stuff like that. I could see that coming out of there. But it's, it'd be yes, very it difficult to try to decipher all that. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about the live stream concerts that you've had recently. What? Um, how did that come about? And what? What? Did, what have you seen the uh, re uh, response to those have been? Yeah, so, yeah, actually, yesterday we had our, our second streaming concert. Um, the first one um, was really successful. Uh, fortunately, um, we got uh, the idea to do something like this very early because, um, yeah, um, we realized so, uh, the first shows were canceled. It was just uh, everything at the beginning of this uh, shutdown ideas. And then we heard, okay, the government will... It, it is coming near that we can't do anything anymore. And so we decided, okay, let's, let's do, uh, let's organize as fast as possible. Um, even one uh, concert here without audience that we have something. And, um, this was new and, um, we're one of the first uh, bands doing this. And, um, yeah, so it was new for the people and, um, it was very successful. We really got only some money that we can pay our rent here and all that stuff for the studio. And especially the response of the people was excellent. Really, the real the people loved it. And yesterday, of course, you can't collect so much money again, but uh, because most of the fans already um, donate us money with the first show, streaming show, but um, the resonance was uh, extraordinary. You really can see that the people are um, tired of sitting home and um, have no chance to, to uh, watch a concert and so on. They're really hungry and we got so many um, reactions. It was amazing. Are you guys thinking about doing another one? Yeah, we will see. Um, of course, it's not our preferred idea to play a concert. Sure, <laughs> <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> yes, but... Um, Maybe we will see. Um, um, maybe and we will see how how the the system will change now. If it's allowed again to play concert or not, I think this year maybe we can play in front of fifty or maybe one hundred people. All our um, concerts uh, outside of Germany, um, we can't travel to other countries right now. Not like this, and um, so maybe we will start another one. But I think we will wait for this. Maybe. Um, Maybe end of summer or so. That's uh, that's definitely possible that you're doing a, a third one. Do you guys uh, plan on coming back to the United States? I know you've been here in the past. Yeah, we, we played there once. And, um, it's the Penrand Fair. Yeah, it is not easy. Also, um, every year we got um, requests from, from the States. Okay. But um, 
at the end, um, there's still the problem with green card and all that stuff, all that visa things, and we have a lot of people, and this is really extremely expensive yes. to bring us uh, um, to the States. So it's really, really sad. Um, there was, for this for this year, there was close to be announced that we will play um, somewhere in California. Yeah, but uh, actually this is not... Uh, not possible right now. Um, I hope we will come back. We really are waiting for this. So when you when you were going into the studio to record your music, how long how long does it take you guys to start from the beginning to be at the finish line? Yeah, this um, yeah, this depends on the um, um, what is the name for this um, the final date where we have to release it. So we are, we are our own record company. So we, um, we telling our, we making a plan and we say, okay, um, September, we have to be ready. And then, um, it's always not enough time when we will say in two years, it will be not enough time. It is never enough time. <laughs> <laughs> true. True. So, uh, I don't know why it's, it is like it is, uh, but, um, Usually, we are not this band who is sitting down and have have the perfect idea to do something, and then dang, 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 only one song after the other. It's uh, a progress. We have ideas, and then we started with with the new ideas. Yeah, and then it's uh, like evolution. So we never know um, where um, we will end finally with our music. So that's uh, for us, of course. it's hard to um, create music like this, but um, on the other hand, it's um, yeah, it's a lot of fun for us that you don't know what is the result. Finally, why did you guys decide to start your own record label? That's very easy to to tell um, because um, that's the only way for us um, to have the option to um, survive uh, uh, with our music okay. because. Um, we're, no one is, can tell us what we have to do and what we don't have to do. So we're totally free. Mm. And um, we don't make so extremely much money with it, but um, it is enough that we can pay our studio, our office, and that we can give ourselves enough money that we can um, yeah, pay our flat or uh, and buying something to eat. And um, with the record label, it's uh, it's not working. But you know, as a musician, you got some percent of the and completely income, and um, yeah, this is this is not enough. And um, and yet in the modern days, uh, you know, Spotify. The problem with Spotify is um, we as a record label, so we really can see as a uh, as a record label, we we got. Um, really okay money now um, from the Spotify streaming stuff. Oh, nice. As a musician, no, just no, nothing. nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing. And um, so this is, this is not fair, of course, and I hope this will um, someday uh, will change because without uh, the musicians and the mu- music they are creating, there is no Spotify as well. All the people can listen to um, the nice stuff from old uh, decades, you know. And <laughs> But um, yeah, right now it's um, you don't earn enough money when you're doing it not yourself, or you are really a, one of the big players um, 
I think Metallica is totally fine with the record label, you know, yeah. but um, for us, it makes no sense. Now, uh, I guess one of my last questions is, what's your favorite instrument to play? My favorite instrument to play? Yeah, of course. This is really, um, yeah, it's not so easy. Depends. <laughs> so, of course, um, my, my real drum set, yeah, it's total fun because I, I can um, I have uh, four extremities. You know, the hands and the feet. Um, mm -hmm. And I really love it. I really love to play drums. And But uh, since I'm playing with Corvus Corax, okay, 20 years, it's not yesterday, but um, I really uh, got in all into the world of uh, percussion instruments as well. So re I really love to play these instruments because, um, yeah, it's totally different. You can carry it with yourself. You can carry it on your body. You can run around and play drum. And um, of course, this is a big point against the real drum set <laughs> yeah. because you are fixed on one place. You can't carry it. And um, you can't really inter interact uh, with the audience as a percussionist uh, with a drum, carry drum. Um, <laughs> I really can go to, to, the, to the audience and, uh, yes, have a real contact. This is, of course, a lot of fun as well. So I love both. <laughs> okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, where is the best place for people to go if they want to find any uh, merchandise or to download any of the music or find out about the band? That's very easy. You, you mean for our band? Yeah. Yes. Um, just go to our website, corvuscorax.de. Um there are all information all we uh, together and um, you will find everything, all information you need, you will find there. Well, thank you so much, Nori. I hope you've had fun and good luck to you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. We had a it lot was, of, we had uh, a lot of fun. Good. Yeah. It was really fun. I really loved the interview. Oh, good. And your English is very, very good. Yes. Oh, that's, that's very nice. I had in the past uh, um, an American girlfriend long a while ago. Okay. <laughs> she was teaching me a lot. Maybe you know her. She said, "Do you know this belly dance scene? Yes, the mm -hmm. tribal belly dance uh, in the West Coast, very famous. Um, they're kind of uh, um, to the medieval scene. They're a little bit uh, connected. Oh, so okay. you can look for Sharon Kihara. She is really the best dancer ever. Oh, have to check her out for sure. Okay, <laughs> so see you Sunday. Yep, right, take well, care, Nori. Yeah, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.